you have to make sure that that group of owners are compatible. Balance sheets and dollar signs is not enough. And certainly, as we touched on with ATAF, having everything in a good agreement and a, and a joint venture agreement is fine. It protects everybody. But you know, when everything goes south, if it goes south, you're much better to work out problems with people of like mind that you can get along with. So, you know, he said it's uh, very, very important to make sure that the components of that ownership group are compatible. Hey, investors, you're listening to the Investing to Win podcast, the show dedicated to empowering investors to achieve financial freedom and live your best life. This show is committed to offering honest conversation between investors, common sense strategies, real-time market updates, and professional guidance to achieving financial freedom. Investing doesn't have to be super hands-on or complicated. We are all about passive investments with real gain, so you have freedom of time and money. Your host is none other than Garrett Wong, who brings decades of experience in buying, renovating, and managing cash flow investment properties. Thanks for being here and get ready to invest to win. Hello, investment community. This is Garrett Wong, your host of the Investing to Win podcast. Going to do something a little bit different. I've received some feedback uh, from a lot of our audience that uh, they actually, surprise, surprise, like it when I do a solo podcast. I hate the sound of my own voice, but um, yeah, so hopefully I can provide some value there for you. What I'm going to do quite regularly is what I'm going to call, uh, let's call them episode reflections. Uh, my staff knows that I like to, to name every policy and procedure. So episode reflections. Uh, but in all seriousness, in the past two weeks, we've had Ataf Kokar uh, and then Cal Reish on the show. So that's um, Ataf is my real estate lawyer. Cal is uh, an associate in the property management industry. You know, Ataf was uh, focusing on joint ventures and their agreements. But Cal is a real estate investor, property management company owner, obviously, but has also set up, you know, dozens of of co-ownerships to purchase large apartment blocks. So two people on very different sides of the transaction, uh, but had a lot of interesting things to say. So I think I'm going to really going to kind of summarize what my takeaways were from the two episodes. Um, and hopefully, you know, rather than you having to re-listen to those, uh, maybe you'll get the best um, nuggets, so to speak, out of it. So Ataf was, you know, talking about joint venture agreements. He, he defined joint ventures. But his main messages were, you know, know who you're going to business with, you know, ask questions. How long have you known them? Do you think they're a good person? And it really is, he was kind of pushing that whole relationship thing, right? It's not enough just to bind yourself with a a written agreement. He did also stress that every situation, every deal, every group is different. Generally speaking, a joint venture, and he defined it for us, is at least in his mind and his clients that he deals with, is something very short term with a specific purpose in mind. So a joint venture agreement It's not something where you enter into a long-term buy and hold with somebody and maybe you co-own a property together. That's not exactly, in his context, a joint venture. It's, again, something short-term. Maybe you've got a joint venture because you're doing a flip together. And that end goal in mind, four to six months, you're going to sell it. You're going to make a profit. 
He also stressed, and I'll deal, uh, I'll touch on this with Cal because it's a very consistent message. Speak to your accountant. Uh, your accountant knows you the best. They know your finances. They know how much you make. They know the best thing for you with taxes and tax advice. So you need a good accountant. You need to speak to them regularly, and you should be speaking to them before you enter into any deal, each deal, because it again, everything's different. He also went on to say that each each joint venturer, he coined that term, not partner, joint venturer should have independent legal representation. Um, I'm sure you've heard that. Um, it is a very real thing, audience. And for many, many reasons, because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that whatever agreement you're going into it can withstand the test of challenge. And if the other party did not have their own legal representation, looking over that deal, vetting it, making, having it signed on their side, not in front of your lawyer, there, you know, it could be challenged later in a conflict of interest. And as you all know, um, you do not want to get uh, into litigation. It's very, very expensive. So Ataf also said, you know, make sure everything must be in writing right from the get-go. Put everything in writing, no hard feelings. Uh, there aren't any things, uh, such things as handshake deals, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you want to put everything in writing. And if you don't, without a lawyer, you're just taking a huge risk and everything can be challenged. Make sure you ask your advisors. Um, so that's not only an accountant. It's your, you know, your lawyer, your finance professional. Maybe your property manager, your realtor, you know, get you, you've made your power team. You created that. Make sure that you're uh, asking them. We talked about everything must be in writing, but he said, don't just use a previous agreement as a template and assume it will be good enough as every situation is different. Your partners might be different. They might have different financial obligations. Again, maybe somebody's going through. I don't know, a separation and you didn't cover that in your agreement and, and now they get separated and now or they pass away and now you're partners with somebody that you didn't even you don't even know. So very, very important. Litigation. We all know litigation is very costly. He said it multiple, multiple times. Know who you're going into business with. Uh, one of the other things that I loved, uh, he said, plan the exit at the beginning. And that exit looks different for everyone, for every partner. So make sure that you cover those contingencies and those business terms at the beginning, not in the middle, and certainly not when you're trying to separate. It's too late at that point. Part of exiting also, he talked about valuation, and that's specifically valuation on the asset. And if you're you know, forming joint venture corporations here, now it's the valuation of the corporation, either owning one property one asset or multiple. So valuation, normally it's independent. So he recommended using a, you know, a licensed independent appraiser, or maybe you're getting opinion from several commercial real estate agents. But establishing that fair market value is critical in exiting and, you know, buying shares uh, from somebody who wants to get out to how, how equity is split later and at what point. Okay, so that was Ataf, the real estate lawyer, talking about joint ventures. Um, transition over to Cal Reich. You know, this guy, I didn't even realize uh, he's a property management professional. We've been, been trading ideas. We've helped each other with software in the past for our management companies. But I didn't realize that he had so much practical experience on the acquisition side. I mean, you know, he actually specialized in bringing together groups of owners to put funds 
together into the purchase of apartment blocks. His main view of it uh, seemed to exclusively use and create bear trust corporations. According to Cal, a bear trust corp is an entity on title that owns the asset, but it doesn't report any income because literally it's bear. There's nothing there. But each individual in that corporation, in that ownership group, then pays their taxes, I guess, according to whatever tax status that is, whether they're an individual, corporation, a hold co or whatnot. So, uh, you know, very, very important because I'd heard of bear trust corporations, bear trustee, but never in the context. So it was very enlightening to hear Cal talk about that. He then stressed that these co-owners, the co-ownership is really governed by the co-ownership agreement. The co-ownership agreement takes over and governs everything to do with that asset. (laughs) He referred to it as the holy Bible of how co-owners behave amongst each other. Cal also said to make sure you get the proper people on your team. So that's pretty consistent. He specifically made reference to a good accountant. So, you know, Cal and Ataf are um, right on point on this. I asked him on, you know, how are you finding deals? Are you, you know, uh, looking for a deal and then putting together owners? And he said, you know, it's it's not quite as structured as that. It's very opportunistic. Some deals are from existing management clients. Other deals come and reach out to Cal because they know he's got a lot of ownership groups in his back pocket. And they ask him if he knows anyone wanting to buy because they're considering selling their asset. And then on the other side, Cal has a network of individuals, as I mentioned, with maybe larger balance sheets that have said, hey, Cal, if you hear anything for sale, I'd be interested. So then he puts two and two together and he structures the the co-ownership. But you know, in saying this, Cal also stressed, you, you have to make sure that that group of owners are compatible. Balance sheets and dollar signs is not enough. And certainly, as we touched on with Ataf, having everything in a good agreement and a, and a joint venture agreement is fine. It protects everybody. But you know, when everything goes south, if it goes south, you're much better to work out problems with people of like mind that you can get along with. So, you know, he said it's uh, very, very important to make sure that the components of that ownership group are compatible. Did you know that there is a big difference between investing in real estate and becoming a real estate investor? People become real estate investors all the time. They get into a flip or conversion project or even dealing with long-term tenants. And they come back to us to tell us the same thing. It's like having another full-time job. I don't know about you, but that's not what we call investing. Investing in real estate is about having your money work for you in a way that is passive, consistent, most importantly, hands-off. So which one are you? Do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to invest in real estate? For those that are open to investing in real estate and having your money work for you, listen up. Garrett Wong has spent decades helping thousands of property owners navigate the ins and outs of property investing and management through his award-winning company, Upper Edge Property Management. Their new division, Upper Edge Capital, is currently involved in multiple projects from single-family flips to multifamily development. Are you looking for a healthy return on your invested capital or perhaps becoming a joint venture partner? If so, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to book a time to speak with Garrett and his team to see if there is a fit. Once again, 
The link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. Now, back to the show. He then chooses uh, it with him to go uh, himself to go into the ownership into a more traditional way with cash. So what I'm referring to there is we, we had a brief conversation about the acquisition process, him putting together the co-ownership. I mean, for me, when I'm structuring that, I'm doing that as the active partner, as most uh, investors do in my space, as the active partner to take equity in lieu of having to put in cash. But because of Cal's specific situation, um, you know, he's involved in a family holding company. I can see why he would want to take his percentage as a fee outright and then invest in the deal himself or on behalf of his family hold co. Just because there's so much work involved and the hold co and the family structure isn't putting in that work. So it does make a lot of sense for Cal to take his percentages as, you know, project acquisition and management fees. You know, either way is is fine. There's no right or wrong way to do it. I think it's all situational. And then, yeah, network. Um, he we we touched on this so much. You know that that cliche your your net worth is uh, your network is your net worth. You know, it's so important to have these investors in your back pocket. So he said, because that's where the deals are going to come through and the speed in which you're able to put these together. So it really is who you know. And, you know, he's a 20-year vet. I've also been in the industry for 20 years. You know people and people know you're in the, in the business. So um, there's a lot that you can get out of your own network if you really look at it. We spoke about exits. Exits are tricky. He said they have to be transparent. You know, you, you don't want to just do a side deal with one equity partner, one co-owner, and take that share and not offer it to the others. You know, feelings can get hurt very, very quickly. So he said, you have to be transparent. And when one owner wants to sell, you, you really want to hope that the other co-owners are going to want to pick that up. Because if one's not interested at all, you can't really use the equity and the asset to refi to buy out that partner. You're going to have to bring in outside cash, which could become complicated. Maybe you have to bring in another investor and that's another owner in the co-ownership group. That's not really... You don't really know them. You don't know how they're going to react or behave. Distressed properties, we touched on that as well. Uh, I'm very much in favor as a, a Burr person and a buy and hold person to look for distressed property, you know, renovate them, get that lift of, of rent, uh, refi and get your capital back. But it was an interesting perspective. He said, you don't always have to look for distressed properties with a huge lift at the end. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with purchasing a building in a good area with decent cash flow, because in his mind, and I agree, real estate is all about the long game. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, you're, if you're finding something in a good area and there's not much you can do with the rents, but it is cash flowing, maybe a little bit less, then just buy the asset because you're, you're getting that long-term return on your investment. We talked about financing a little bit. He favors using credit unions, uh, which he finds is very flexible. Uh, specifically, you know, I think he's referring to construction draws and inspections. He said uh, he's enjoyed uh, working with credit unions. I've also done some very large renovations in the four hundred to six seven hundred thousand dollar range using credit unions. So I think I would agree with that. But you know, I've also used private uh, to fund 
lot of our larger projects. And that, that's gone very well too. I think it's, uh, you have to use what's available to you and use which uh, terms are favorable for the project. We talked about being very detailed. Don't forget line items. <laughs> uh, one of the line items, you know, he, he mentioned obviously had made a mistake one time is, you know, paying tenant moving expenses. If you buy a 40 unit block and you're emptying out the building in order to do a renovation, people can't live there. You know, uh, at least here in Manitoba at the time of this recording, you have to pay out $500 of moving expenses to every single tenant. Well, 500 times 40, uh, that's a lot of money, right? You forget that line item. Now you have to go back to your investment group and say, I'm sorry, I forgot about something. Well, that, that kind of loses a little bit of credibility. So, you know, when you're presenting an opportunity to your potential co-owners, make sure you get as many upfront expenses as possible out in the open and set expectations at the very beginning. One of the things that he touched on, and I'm going to use this cliche, it was a, an episode full of cliches. We laughed about it, but you're not building a grand piano. And what he refers to there specifically is do the necessary work to increase the rents, to lift the rents, but don't rebuild the building because you're not going to get the value from it. If you're going to do capital improvements, be strategic, do them long-term over a certain period of time, but also be transparent with your ownership group because somebody who's, I use this all the time, do you want to invest in real estate or be a real estate investor? Well, most of my investors are all passive. They don't have the experience necessarily and they don't want to be active. So they are investing in real estate. They might not realize that there is going to be renovations down the road. So tell them about it. You know, we're doing this right now to increase the rent from $700 to $1,000. And then the market right now is only 1000 And then we'll do phase two in two or three years when we predict the rents are going to be $1,200. do not spend all your money right now, get off rent control, and then you're, you're held back by the market, by the market rents. So very, very important. You're not building a grand piano. Okay. So I'm going to end off these mini solo podcasts with, uh, I'll, I'll say maybe we'll do a top 10 takeaway. Okay. I'll see if I can get a top 10 takeaways uh, on every episode reflection. So here we go. Number one, have a good team on your side. Number two, every situation is different and every person or group is different. Speak to your accountant. Make sure you perform your due diligence on every deal. Get as many issues and details as possible in the hands of your potential co-owners at the very beginning. Sorry, I guess that was point two and point three. Point four, put everything in writing. Put everything in writing. Point five, everyone should have independent legal representation. Point six, know who you're going into business with. And if it doesn't feel right, no matter how much money they bring to the table, walk away. Have the courage to walk away. Number seven, don't build a grand piano. Be strategic on the types of upgrades you're doing and don't think you're rebuilding the entire building. Takeaway number eight, credit unions can be very flexible in providing financing. Number nine, when exiting valuation is very important. Use an independent person if possible, like an accredited appraiser. And finally, number 10, make sure you plan the exit at the beginning. 
I'll repeat that because that's very important. We're not just wanting to scale real estate and get real estate and say, oh, I have 100 units or 500 units. There has to be an end game. How are you going to exit? Well, you do that by planning it at the beginning. Make sure you plan the exit at the beginning. And that'll do it. I'll be doing a little bit more of these. I think there is a lot of... I know the podcast is fairly young. I think this is episode number 17 or 18. But there's a lot of value when I go back and review these things. So I'm going to tease out those um, that you know, that, uh, those, that value for you, the community, and we'll have some more of these reflection episodes, but I hope you enjoy and we'll see you on the next podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the investing to win podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of another investor, take a screenshot and share this podcast episode with them. Investing to win is not only about helping you to win more. But WIN actually stands for Wise Investors Network. It's where we help our investors build a hands-off portfolio and have passive investments work for them. To see how you can potentially partner with us, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to learn more. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. All links can be found in the description below. Until next time.